Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, and thank you for joining me on this episode. Today's episode is all about hormones and perimenopause and menopause and belly fat and estrogen dominance and where we can find xenoestrogens in our environment and in our products. And we really just get into balancing hormones in general and what advice can people take and and what can women really do to support their hormones other than the basic things, other than exercise every day or eat real food and skip the processed food? Like, What can we really do to balance our progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, cortisol, and how do we go about that? And also, like, how do you even know if they're imbalanced? Like, what, what does it show up? Like, how does it, how does it present itself symptom wise differently for different women? So this was a very enlightening episode. I learned a lot about perimenopause and, and what we can do to prepare for menopause. And I think that's very interesting because like I say in this episode, there's not a lot of people talking about that. There's not a lot of people focusing on being proactive during those years leading up to menopause that can help us have a healthier transition and healthier time. So we dive all into that. We dive into bioidentical hormones, which is also very interesting. And I think you will get a lot out of this episode. And speaking of testing your hormones, I always get tested with Inside Tracker. So for all the Canadians listening and those in America, you can get tested with Inside Tracker, and this is a blood test, and you can do it from your house. So they send a nurse, they come take your blood, and they test for over 48 different biomarkers, which includes your different sex hormones. Also does like minerals and vitamins and stuff like that. So definitely check that out if you're thinking about getting tested. You can use my discount code BiohackingBrittany, and it's linked in my show notes and on my website. And a shout out to Buy Optimizers. So they have the best magnesium on the market. They also have a really great digestive enzyme blend and a sleep aid. And something we talk about quite a lot in this episode is stress. And what can we do to mitigate stress? And how does stress impact our hormones? And one of the best supplements you can actually take for stress is magnesium. A lot of us are deficient in magnesium. And so magnesium does really well to calm the body down, relax the body, help us with sleep, help us to manage life stressors. It's not going to make you sleepy so you can take it during the day, but it's also just great for topping up our levels because we don't really get enough magnesium in our diet anymore. So I always recommend the bioptimizers ones to my friends, my family, and my clients because it's got seven different types of magnesium in it. So when you have a full spectrum magnesium like that, you know that you're getting all of the different types of magnesium for whatever pathway, whatever issue they might help with. So there's magnesium, magnesium in there that will help with sleep or with stress or with workout recovery, whatever it might be. So that's why I really like the Bioptimizers one. They have a massive sale on right now for November, but you could always use my discount code BiohackingBrittany and it will get you the most off. So save this episode, write that down, do whatever you need to do. That code is only available through this podcast and it will always save you more money than what is advertised on their website. So that's BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. So I really recommend you do that because I just think it's the best. And also check out their sleep products. They're great. Again, digestive products. They have a gluten product that I take. And I think that's it that I personally use, but they have a lot of things. They actually have a new stress product that came out as well, which is also very good. And that's more of like a blend of different herbs, vitamins, and minerals designed for stress. But I religiously take their magnesium because my body needs it for sure. So enjoy this podcast episode. If you have any questions, send me a message on Instagram at biohackingbrittany and I can help you out and you can catch another episode later this week. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. 
I am so excited about today's episode because we are diving into one of my favorite topics, which is hormones, specifically female hormones. We are going to talk about all all sorts of things, including weight loss, estrogen dominance, menopause, perimenopause, postmenopause, which I have so many questions about. We're also going to talk about bioidentical hormones, which I also have my own opinions on, and I'm curious to see where we go with that. But joining me is the exceptional Karen Martell, who is a certified hormone specialist and transformational nutrition coach, and she is quite the expert in this space. So Karen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brittany. I'm here to talk about hormones, my favorite subject. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy. I'm, I just did a little uh, functional medicine course on hormones, actually, women's, women's hormones specifically. So I, I'm very interested in this. I'm curious how you kind of got started in this space. Were you into health and nutrition first and then you started specializing in hormones or how did that kind of look for you? Yeah, I was definitely into health and nutrition for a long time. I was in body work, actually. So I, I used to do a type of massage for many, many years. And so I was always into just health in general. And then when I had my daughter in my early 30s, afterwards, I had a bit of a health crisis where my body kind of started shutting down on me and I started gaining all this weight without having had changed anything. Like I was still eating really well, was still exercising. And suddenly I was like putting on weight really, really quickly and having all of these other health problems like insomnia and digestive problems and really severe PMS and migraines. And it was like my body just suddenly something snapped and everything started to go to hell in a handbasket pretty much. And I couldn't find the help that I needed. And I was, because I was into health, I was looking, you know, on the internet, I was looking for different practitioners. I was going to my own doctor, trying to figure out what was wrong with me and just did what I think most women do when that happens, which is I started to work out harder and eat less. <laughs> Good old advice, you know? And I just, I tried every diet under the sun and was trying all these like super hardcore workouts and only kept gaining weight until finally I tried to take, I just had to take matters into my own hands. And I decided that it had to be hormonal because so much of it stemmed around my period. And I was like, I think this is hormonal because it happens, of course, after the birth of my child too. So I ended up getting my hormones tested through a naturopath. And sure enough, I had a whole slew of hormonal imbalances. My estrogen was super high. I had really low progesterone. My cortisol was really bottomed out. Same with my DHEA. My thyroid was shot. So I had all of these hormonal problems that needed to get fixed, basically, which took a while. Definitely wasn't an overnight quick fix. And I spent many years after that researching female hormones because I figured there's got to be more women like me who are doing everything right and eating well and exercising and, you know, doing all the things and still gaining weight. And so I kind of went from there into the field of nutrition and female weight loss. And then in my early 40s, I went into menopause at an early age and then started to dive really deep into perimenopause, menopause, and realized there really isn't the right information out there, very you know, accessible to women. And we've been told a lot of the wrong things and our health is suffering because of it. And perimenopause and menopause, it's just not something that we're getting enough information on in order to live these years at our best. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So if someone's listening to this and, you know, maybe they are going through or have just gone through a period of time that has, let's say, wrecked their hormones or changed their hormones. So maybe it was pregnancy or maybe it was a very stressful time in their lives. I don't know. There's, there's obviously different things that can happen. 
what do you recommend? Like, even if they get their, their hormones tested with a naturopath or whoever, and it comes back and like so many of them are in the wrong place. How do you even start to understand what to do with that information? Because, you know, healing low cortisol and healing high estrogen, those are two very different things. So how can you really start taking steps that maybe kind of heal everything at once? Like, I'm just curious what your first steps are as recommendations. Yeah. So it's, it's different for different ages. A lot of hormonal dysfunction typically begins in our 30s as women. We're starting to go through perimenopause earlier and earlier. So we start losing our hormones typically between the ages of 35 and 40. So that's where we see a lot of women coming in going, wow, things just aren't what they used to be. And I'm I'm, I'm worsening PMS. I'm, I've, I'm gaining weight when I haven't changed anything. I can't sleep anymore. I've got anxiety. And when you're in your 30s, or even if you were in your 20s and these things were starting to happen, there's a lot that you can do as far as lifestyle goes and eating right and exercising. Like you, all those things are the foundation to any hormonal balancing that is going to go on. So you have to doesn't matter what hormones out of balance, those things all have to be the foundation. So you've got to make sure that you're eating right for for you, which is different for everybody and different depending on what what your hormones are doing. If you've got low thyroid, low cortisol levels, then you're going to want to be eating a diet that has a good amount of carbohydrates in it. You're going to want to make sure that you're eating protein, kind of like that nice balanced protein, fat, carb, meal, not a lot of fasting. You know, you're going to want to be exercising in a certain way, doing things like yoga and walking in nature and things like that. Rather on the flip side, if you're somebody that let's say has high testosterone levels, maybe you've been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, you've got high insulin, high blood sugar, then that diet is not going to work for you. And you're going to have to do something like a low carb ketogenic diet with some intermittent fasting and maybe some longer fasting, you know, even carnivore, that kind of things, because you've got blood sugar problems. So you really want to find what diet is going to work for what's going to work best for you and your hormones at that time. And then same with the exercise. And so that has to come first. And then of course, managing stress, which is no, but no woman wants to hear that anymore. We've we've all heard, oh, we got to manage our stress, but yet we don't do anything about it. <laughs> We're still super stressed out, and it's like, yeah, yeah, just tell me what pill to take, tell me, you know, what hormone to take, and we really the we really do have to watch our stress because if your cortisol, your stress hormone, is being activated all the time because you are highly stressed. Well, your body is going to start to lower your other hormones because you're always pumping out cortisol, which is a life or death hormone. You're telling your body you need to fight or flight. And so your body will make that first over your other hormones. And you're telling your body you're in a highly stressed out state, not the time to get pregnant. So let's lower our fertility hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, because we are in this stressed out state. So we really do have to mind the stress levels, especially as we age and especially as we get into our 30s and 40s. We cannot handle the stress like we used to in our 20s. We used to be able to you know, stay up all night party, party, get up, work all day and do it all over again. And I did that for, you know, a good 10 years of my life. And I'm sure that's probably part of the reason why my hormones went to hell so fast. But we cannot get away with it as we start losing our sex hormones as we age. We just get more and more sensitive to that cortisol. So those things, they really do make a difference and they really do impact our hormonal balance. And you can't just expect to take a supplement to because let's say your cortisol is low, your adrenals are shot. Well, I'm just going to go take these adrenal supplements and hope that everything's going to be okay. Or I'm going to go take a bunch of estrogen detox supplements because I think my estrogen's high and I'm just going to go drain my estrogen now. So you can't 
look at it like that. You have to start with those foundational pieces and make sure they're in place before anything else. Then you can start to go, okay, I've got that in place. Now what? Now there's certain supplements for each kind of hormonal dysfunction. And so you really do want to do the testing because a lot of those symptoms can overlap each other. So high cortisol and low cortisol, for instance, have a lot of similar symptoms. Same with high estrogen and low progesterone will give us the same symptoms. And so people, women will think, oh, I've got too much estrogen because I have all these symptoms of high estrogen, when actually they have normal levels of estrogen, they just have low progesterone levels. And so we have to be very careful about what we're taking supplement-wise because supplements can be very powerful in changing hormonal levels. So make sure, test first, don't guess. And then very specifically, take a very holistic approach to whatever hormonal profile is going on with you at that time. So if that's estrogen dominance, then we take certain things that will help with us metabolizing estrogen. If it's progesterone deficiency, then there's things that you can take for that. And you be very specific about what you're taking. I love that. I love that kind of 360 approach, which is how I have viewed my own hormonal struggles in the past and and kind of what I've focused on and had success with but it's it's honestly a lot of work it is it like when i was really like this past year i was really figuring out okay how do i regulate my menstrual cycle and ovulate on more of a regular basis and so for me i really had to kind of adopt this cleanse type of program that i created where it was an hour of movement every day even if it was just like walking my dog, it was this focus on sleep and regulating my circadian rhythm. I wasn't drinking like no alcohol, no substances, no processed food, you know, just a bunch of other things. But I really had to like take it into my own hands. And then after three, four months of doing that every single day, I actually had a lot of success. And I think that's what a lot of people actually end up doing when they kind of hit this point of, oh my goodness, nothing's working. I'm going to go see an expert is the expert typically will put them on some sort of program like that. And then they get results. But then it's really hard because you're like, oh, this works if I do all eight of these things every single day. And now, oh wait, I want to go to Mexico for a week for vacation. But then what's going to happen to my hormones, right? And and then there's the whole belief of like everything in balance and and you know it's okay to like drink on occasions and stuff and have processed food here and there and like so what do you think about when people say that like do you think balance is really a thing like that or i'm just curious how you navigate those tricky times when people might want to like have the cake and the wine in one night i think that those things are actually really important i went you know i i did the old like uh, try and follow things a hundred percent and be super strict with my diet and not think that I could veer off track and realize that that was just stressing my system out. And it was, I kind of went too far on the other side of things. And I think a lot of us can do that, that are in the biohacking health space is we can take that too far where we stress our bodies out so much and we really want to be able to eat the cake and not have that set us back months of healing. We should, that should not be the case. Bodies are really, really, really resilient. And so we should be able to. And if you can't, then that's telling you that there's something else going on, that there's an underlying infection or something at a deeper level that needs to be dealt with. Because normally we should be able to have that whole 80-20 rule of 80% of the time I'm going to do what I know works best for my body and my health. And 20% is going to be left for me to decide what I, you know, 
if I want to eat cake or if I want to eat ice cream or whatever my poison is, and I'm going to enjoy it. And I really got to that place where I never, ever feel guilty about that stuff anymore. Like I, if I want to go eat ice cream, I go down while eat ice cream. And if I want to eat some gluten at a dinner party, I'm not going to think twice about it. If I ate it all the time, it would be a huge problem and it would really screw up my hormones. But I don't, and I know that I don't. So when I do, I enjoy it. I don't feel guilty about it. And I just pick up, you know, where I left off the next day and carry on. And I think that that should be most people's goal is to do that, do life like that, where 80% of the time you're doing all the, all the right things and 20% you're doing what's right as well, but just, you know, maybe not the best for your, you know, health necessarily as far as like sugar and stuff goes. All right. I know that so many of us struggle with our hormones. We have a lot of confusion around our menstrual cycles, ovulation, having our periods, regulating it, and really just minimizing the symptoms that we often deal with. I have been there. I've had a mild PCOS diagnosis. I have had irregular cycles since I've been off birth control. I've had a ovarian cyst. And honestly, I've been through a lot when it comes to hormones in the last few years. So out of that, I really taught myself about cycle syncing. And this is the idea that during different phases of the cycle, we are doing different things. We are eating different foods, taking different supplements or drinking different teas for the nutrients, exercising differently in response to where our hormones are at at that time. And through living in this ebb and flow of our cycle, we can actually feel better. We can look better. Our hormones are happier. We're mentally better. We can sleep better. And this is exactly what I found. So I took everything that I did. I put it into an easy peasy guide for you. It's called the ebb and flow cycle guide. It's on my website. Go and grab it right now. This is literally going to solve all of your hormone issues. I'm not kidding. It's so, so good. And it's so easy to read as well. I also added in a part about seed cycling because I know so many of you are interested in seed cycling as well. So that means what seeds do we take during which phase of the cycle? These seeds have different phytonutrients in it that can help with the different hormones during the different phases. And I've also included over 30 recipes that are super tasty as a bonus. So These recipes are designed for the different phases. So you can have certain ones during your period, during ovulation and things like that. And of course, I included biohacks. I included which biohacks to do around ovulation to optimize that, how to optimize your menstrual cycle or your menstruation during your period and everything like that. Everything from castor oil packs to acupuncture to red light therapy to healing baths that that I love. That is what I did. So this is my ebb and flow cycle guide. You can grab it on my website right now, biohackingbrittany.com. Go for it. And I hope you really enjoy it. There's been over 500 that have been bought already, which is so amazing to see. And I'm just so thankful that I get to help women with their hormones and on their health journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I think if you get to a point where your body's able to bounce back from that night of drinking very well, then like you're on the right path. And like, maybe you found your percentage, right? Like some people like 80, 20, but maybe some people it's more like 90, 10 or something like that. So maybe that's a good way to gauge that is like, let's experiment. Like how many days a month or whatever it might be, is it okay for me to kind of like indulge and it sounds like so calculated, you know, but but when we're navigating complex hormone issues, you have to kind of think like that. Like you have to zoom out and kind of think like, how is this actually going to impact my estrogen, right? Because alcohol does increase estrogen in the body. It slows down a bunch of other issues as well. Like it like slows down. I think it's like for 24 hours after you drink alcohol, you're not burning any type of fat or anything like that in your body. Like the impact on your liver, on your metabolism. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to just try to navigate that with like, let me have a life and let me have a glass of wine, you know? (laughs) It is. And I think we have to be really clear about kind of 
what our poisons are and hopefully they're poisons that your body can deal best with. Like there's certain things like I just won't drink. I haven't drank in for 15 years because it's, it's a poison that it's just, it's not worth it to me. I feel so awful from it that it's, that it's not part of my 80, 20, you know? And so there's certain things that I'll choose to, to indulge in that really aren't that bad for me and for my system. And so I think it's really important that we all find those, what, what that is for each of us. And like you said, it's like some people, maybe they, maybe they flourish best when they're actually a hundred percent of the time on, you know, and they don't want to veer off and that's what works best for them. Great. Awesome. I'm quite the cold turkey type of person. Like I really prefer quitting things for a long time versus like, I'm only going to, I'm only going to drink on like Fridays or whatever it might be. And that's just what I have found that has worked best for me. So when I've done like cleanses or 75 hard, I actually thrive on that because I do very well with this is what I can do. And this is what I can't do for the next three months. Like I, like my brain, it's very black and white, but a lot of people are like, no, that's too hard. And then they fall off the bandwagon and then they binge really badly. And then there's all of the shame and guilt and fear and other emotions, negative emotions that can come with that, which is really difficult to handle as well. Yeah. I think a lot of it's mindset too. Like I think we have to, you know, the whole on or off the wagon, I say burn the wagon and I don't think about it like that anymore. And instead I have a really positive attitude, which is 80% 80% of the time, I want to eat this way. I don't consider myself on a diet. I don't consider myself being restrictive because as soon as I tell myself that I can't have or I'm restricting or I'm on the wagon, whatever it is, then immediately I want that, whatever it is I'm telling myself I can't have. And I have to remind myself, actually, I love to eat this way. My body loves it when I eat this way. And 80% of the time, I really want to be eating like this. And when things come up where there's desserts and whatever else, I don't even think about it. And I don't think of like, oh, I'm cheating on my diet. I'm just like, I'm just going to enjoy my cake. Thanks. And, you know, I don't play into it too much. I think we've been so told like either you're on or you're off or you're dieting or you're not dieting or you're trying to lose weight or you're not trying to lose weight. And we really have to get out of that mindset. And I think it just destroys us. I think we need to go, we need to think positively and we we need to go, I love to eat this way because it makes me feel good. It's, it's what works for my hormones. And so that I want to eat like that. And I think that if we can have that mindset long-term, your hormones will definitely thank you for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I I love that. I think you're so right. I know one of the topics that you educate people on is estrogen dominance. And I would love for you to explain what this is and how would somebody know if this is actually something that's going on for them? Yeah. So testing, of course. And when we're in our fertile years, it is really good to get certain types of hormone testing, whether it's saliva or urine or just proper blood work done on the hormones, that's really key because your doctor won't tell you that. Like if you walked in at 35 and asked your doctor to to test your hormones, you're not going to get anything from that blood test, like or at least very, very little when it comes to your estrogen and your other sex hormones. It just doesn't tell you enough. When something like a Dutch urine metabolite test, it's going to give you a really good picture of how it is that you, your body is processing your hormones and specifically how are you metabolizing and detoxing your estrogen. And most women, they think that they're estrogen dominant. I think every single woman at some point in her life has thought she's estrogen dominant. And this is because we we are living in a world full of what's called xenoestrogens, which are chemicals that mimic the action of estrogen in the body, but they're a lot stronger and they are chemicals. And so they do not 
they're not as nice to us as our own estrogen is. And so your body will actually take the fake chemical estrogens over your own estrogen and use it in the cell. And that can mimic symptoms of estrogen dominance. So that would be heavy periods, tender breasts, weight gain in the stomach and hips and butt area, migraine headaches, bloated, just overall not feeling very well, clotting, like heavy, heavy periods with clotting, period cramps, all of these things. And so they think, oh, well, I've got to go just lower my estrogen. When if you were to test that woman, she may have completely normal levels of estrogen. And it's the xenoestrogens that are causing the problems. And unfortunately, there's no way to test these xenoestrogens. You can like test for like BPA and stuff. But in general, for all the all the chemical estrogens that are out in the, our environment, there's no testing for it, the majority of it. And so you just have to go by symptoms, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I I think that's such a good point. I it's hard because those estrogens, those fake estrogens and those chemicals in general, we honestly don't know that much about. And we don't even have all of them classified yet. There's like thousands that Im- impact our health and there's so many that are in all of the different plastic and containers and things that we touch or use or drink from and that whole area of science of understanding how these fake chemicals impact our health is so new that I don't even think we really, we're just at the beginning, right? And so, and I, I think there is education now around choosing glass or choosing stainless steel, but do you have any recommendations past like kind of that basic stuff? If someone was like, oh, maybe this is actually contributing to my estrogen dominance. Like, what should I do about it? Yeah, I mean, and and just even going back to your original question, like, what can somebody do about hormonal imbalance? Like, where do we start? We all need to be practicing getting rid of and not exposing ourselves to these xenoestrogens, which are just in plastic. They're in every anything that you have in your household that has a synthetic smell to it that is not organic that you are putting on your skin, hair, nails, anything on your body. If it is not from a natural source that is clean without any synthetic smells in it, then you are putting xenoestrogens on your body. And clogging up your system and imbalancing your hormone, like keeping your hormones out of balance. And so we have to clean up our environment as best that we possibly can where we can. And so that's getting rid of all of those chemicals out of your house, your clean, all the stuff you're cleaning your house with. If they're chemicals and they're not from, an, once again, an organic source, get rid of it because that those are endocrine disruptors. Things like carpet, just carpet in a house is an endocrine disruptor. Your air, the air you're breathing has endocrine disruptors in it. So getting air filters to clean up the the air in your house is, is an amazing place to start. Mattresses can have fire retardant on them. That's an endocrine disruptor. So go through your house, get rid of things that have that synthetic smell. Stop wearing the perfume. Stop wearing the, you know, the deodorants like Dove and whatever all the, you know, popular antiperspirants are and switch over to something natural. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Like people think, oh, well, I can't afford to switch all of my products over to organic. Well, you can clean your house with vinegar and water, like things like that that are super cheap. There's actually many, many brands now that are out there that are very affordable that don't have the chemicals in them. So you can absolutely switch out everything that you're using to something that's more natural to your system. And so I think that we really, everybody should start there. And then when it comes to the estrogen if you can test, great, because we really do just want to see, do you truly have estrogen dominance? And so I have done thousands of tests, hormone tests at this time. Thousands. I can tell you there's a small, there's been a small handful of those women that were truly 
estrogen dominant in the sense that they had an excess of estrogens in their body, their own natural producing estrogens. Very, very few have too much. And estrogen, because of all of this, gets a really bad rap. And every woman thinks that this, the estrogen's terrible, it's going to give them breast cancer, it's this toxic hormone that's making them fat, blah, blah, blah. When in actual fact, estradiol, specifically one of our estrogens, is the most important hormone to our health. So we don't want to drain it if we don't have an excess of it. And so women, you know, they're, they're popping back dim, diendol methane, like it's candy because they think, oh, I got to get rid of the estrogen. And a lot of them are harming themselves because of it. Because without estradiol, let's say you're in perimenopause, you're in your 40s, your estradiol is going down. So that's one of our most important estrogens. So let's say those levels are going down because you're going to be going into menopause soon. And if you started taking dim, you're going to drain that estradiol even faster, which means you're going to have run into a lot of health problems like weight gain. Women think estrogen makes them fat. Well, too little estrogen, specifically estradiol, will make you much more fat, fatter than, than too much estradiol because estradiol is needed for blood sugar regulation, insulin sensitivity. It helps us lower our cholesterol. Women that lose their estradiol have a a massive increase in developing type 2 diabetes. That's how important it is for processing our blood sugar. So we can immediately start to gain a lot of weight when we drop too low in estradiol. So we want to be really careful. We want to look at our numbers. We want to see, okay, is it true that I have too much estrogens in my body? Or is it how I'm breaking my estrogen down? Which pathway am I going down with my estrogen? And where is my progesterone? So progesterone is estrogens kind of, they're like yin yin and yang to each other. They need each other. And so without progesterone, we can get the symptoms of estrogen dominance because we actually have estrogen dominance, but only in the sense of in comparison to progesterone. So it's not too much estrogen. It's just that we don't have enough progesterone to counterbalance our estrogen. And that's really needed. And progesterone is the first hormone that typically drops in your late 30s, early 40s. We drop by about 75%. And that's because progesterone is made when we ovulate, the majority of it. So when we start to lose that progesterone in our 30s and 40s, we get the symptoms of estrogen dominance. And so we want to address the progesterone, not necessarily the estrogen. And by addressing that progesterone, then those symptoms of estrogen dominance will typically go away. Hi there, folks. I've got some thrilling news to share with you. The Buy Optimizers Black Friday mega sale is in full swing. And guess what? It's actually not just for one day. It is for the entire month of November. This mega deal is available only for my listeners and only with my code. Yep, you heard me right. It's literally just for us. Now, you already know that I have an unwavering trust in buy optimizers. These guys are the real deal when it comes to improving digestion. And let's not forget about their top of the line magnesium. It's truly the best on the market. Plus, they actually back up their products with a rock-solid 365-day money-back guarantee, no questions asked. Now is the time of year when you fill up your shopping carts and stock up on Buy Optimizer's goodness. Trust me when I say this, you won't be able to find a better Black Friday deal anywhere else, not even on the mighty Amazon. The biggest discount you can get and amazing gifts with purchases are available only on my page, bioptimizers.com slash biohackingbritney with code biohackingbritney. We all have those never-ending Black Friday wish lists, but this year I challenge you to put your health at the top of that list. Instead of those impulsive purchases, let's focus on what really matters. So why wait? Choose health over unnecessary things this Black Friday. Head over to bioptimizers.com slash biohackingbritney and enter my code biohackingbritney at checkout. 
Let me know what you think of it and don't miss out on this mega deal for my listeners only. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good point. It's it's great to work with a practitioner for this very reason because it could be something different than you might think. Like like you said, like it could be that you actually have low progesterone and it's showing up with high estrogen symptoms, right? And so it's understanding that what do you think about people who use like progesterone cream maybe for the second half of their cycle after they ovulate? I think it's good. You know, when we get into our late 30s, early 40s, and we don't ovulate as often, we're not producing then as much progesterone. And when we're at this junction in life where we're in perimenopause and we're losing ovarian function, you can use the supplements, you can, you know, fix your diet, exercise right, do all the things that we're talking about here today. But it, that will only take you so far if it's from ovarian loss. So if it's just simply that you're getting older, you're hitting perimenopause, you're losing ovarian function, you could be the healthiest person in the world and eat the per- most perfect diet, exercise perfectly, watch your stress levels, do all of the biohacking things, and still suffer immensely from hormonal loss. And none of those things will bring back your hormone levels. So at that point, the only thing to do is to replace the hormones if you're wanting to get back that progesterone. There's nothing that you can take that's going to bounce those hormone levels back up and give you ovulation again. There's nothing that's going to do that. We will all lose ovarian function as women at some point. 100% of us. And the only way to bring back that type of like that, those levels of hormones is to replace your hormones with bioidentical hormones, which are the exact same as what our body makes. The research is very vast on it. We know that it's safe for majority of women to replace their hormones. And so when it comes to the progesterone cream, that can be like a lifesaver for women that are experiencing those symptoms of estrogen dominance. They're having the heavy bleeding, insomnia. Progesterone acts on what's called the GABA receptors of your brain, which induce sleep and help us to not have anxiety, help us feel calm and relaxed. So when we put progesterone in, in the second half of the cycle, it can be amazing. And it doesn't shut down ovulation. It's not going to shut down your own production. And it can be really great and really great for your health. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, I I was using progesterone cream a little bit for a while during that second half of my cycle. And I would put it on the back of my neck. And what I noticed was it helped with my neck and back tension that I had. So like kind of like built up tension, especially from working online, working on my computer. And it also really, really relaxed me. So I would sleep better. I wouldn't wake up during the night and I would just feel like so much calmer. And so I think there is a place for it in women's health and in society. I just, I just caution people when using it because part of me feels like, is it not just like a band-aid to the underlying root cause. So sometimes like, are you just using this progesterone cream to get the symptoms and like deal with the symptoms versus like doing those other holistic things first and like having that healthy foundation? You know what I mean? Like, I just think we kind of, you can kind of just buy it easily now online. Well, like I've been able to, and I just wonder if it can be abused without fully understanding how to use it, when to use it, and like what other elements of your lifestyle need to be in place for it to be optimized. Yeah. And I think that every, every woman should be asking herself that, like if you're in your twenties and thirties, then you want to make sure that you have done all of the things, you know, that you're taking the right supplements, you're trying to support your hormonal system, you're doing the stress management, et cetera. 
And then if you are still having really bad PMS symptoms and suffering a lot, then I think it's totally okay to use some of that nice progesterone cream because it can really, really help immensely. And I've personally been on and off progesterone since I was in my early 30s. And I'll use it for a period of time while I'm getting other things in check. And then I can, I would go off of it. Now that I've been in my 40s, I don't go a month without it because I'm not producing it anymore. So then it's not a Band-Aid. I'm not using it as a crutch. I'm using it to optimize my health because I'm not making it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So would you recommend, I guess like when you're, I guess like what age would you recommend maybe women start using it every cycle or more frequently? Like, would it be once you've hit menopause? Would it be the year before? What what do you think? So perimenopause, as I said, typically, so perimenopause is the years leading up to menopause. Menopause is one day and it's 12 months without a period. And it's the first day after 12 months that you haven't had a cycle. Then you are considered menopausal that day. And then moving forward, you are postmenopausal, which is, it's really stupid. They just came up with the 12 month thing. There's no purpose behind it. So, but that's what it is. Now, perimenopause years leading up to it and perimenopause now typically starts between the ages of 35 and 40 because that's when we stop ovulating as often, which means we're not producing that progesterone as often. And so any, like some women, it's getting earlier and earlier. So some women are hitting perimenopause even in their early thirties. And so if that's the case, there is lots of natural things and supplements that you can do to try to reverse that. But you, somebody like that, they may benefit from taking a little bit of progesterone cream even that early on in life. Other, typically though, I would say by the time you're in your late thirties and early forties, that is a really good age to consider using progesterone cream in the second half of your cycle because you're just not ovulating as much. Some women do. Some women are like, they can get pregnant when they're 48 because they're still ovulating regularly and they're still producing lots of progesterone. But majority of women lose ovarian function in their 40s. And so you want to kind of, you don't want to wait until you're like, oh, I'm in menopause now. Now I can use hormones. It just, it, a lot of doctors, that's what they'll say, or that's what they'll tell you. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to give you estrogen. I'm not going to give you progesterone because you're still having a cycle. And until you're in menopause, we're not going to give you anything. And that is the r- totally wrong way to think about it because perimenopause and the symptoms of perimenopause can last for over 10 years. And so do you really want to spend a decade of your life with a low libido bleeding out like crazy? So I can't tell you how many women will get hysterectomies or an ablation in their early 40s because they're having these super, super heavy periods that are coming all the time, which is almost always due to losing your progesterone. So all of this, these things that can be happening, insomnia. So now you're not sleeping, you're gaining weight, you're becoming insulin resistant, you've got anxiety, you're super moody, your PMS is lasting for two weeks out of the month, you have no libido. Do you want to live like that because you don't want to take progesterone cream because you're not in menopause? No, we want to give the body what it's missing and what it thrives on, which at that time is progesterone. And then when we want, we want to be watching out for that estradiol to be dropping next and your testosterone. Both of those are very, very important hormones. And if they start to get lower, we can get a whole slew of health problems. I mean, there's so many symptoms of perimenopause that are extremely debilitating. Women can become suicidal. They'll quit their jobs. They'll, you know, get divorced because they're being so affected by the hormonal loss. And 85% of us women will feel the symptoms of perimenopause. So we really want to be on top of it and be willing to go, okay, is my hormones 
a little bit too low for me right now. And then what can I do about it? Whether that's supplementation, phytoestrogens, estrogen replacement therapy, progesterone, testosterone, and you and you want to you do you want to stay on top of it if you want this perimenopause time to be good. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so useful to know is like start the creams, start the hormones earlier than what might be like mainstream knowledge to you so that when you go through menopause, it actually is smoother and you have less of those symptoms, you know, and it's it's all about being proactive. So it's interesting that you say like perimenopause starts around 35 and like, is like the five years leading up typically right to, to that year of the absent period. Is that correct? It can be 10 years. It can, because typical age of menopause is 52. Oh, okay. So, so it can be a long time of perimenopause. Right. So so then perimenopause typically starts around like 40, I guess. But I guess it's different for every woman. Typically, though, we start to see the hormonal loss of progesterone in our late 30s, early 40s. And that's where it typically starts for women. Okay. So if someone's listening to this and like, say, maybe that's where they're at right now, like they're done having kids and and they're in that stage of not menopause, but maybe they're at the starting age of perimenopause, because I honestly don't see a lot of people talking about perimenopause at all. So what, what can you do? Like, what can you, sounds crazy, but like, what can you do for five years, 10 years that is going to let you have a healthier menopause? Like, how do you set yourself up for success? Well, do all the things that we've talked about today. <laughs> you really do. Like this isn't the the most important time to be watching what you're eating and making sure you're exercising and making sure you're not stressed out. We do produce some of these hormones from our adrenal glands. But if your adrenal glands are constantly pumping out cortisol, it's not going to make your little bit of progesterone and estradiol out of the adrenal glands. So we to to allow that to happen, we have to watch our stress levels. And then you want to watch for certain markers on your labs that can tell you like, okay, this is, you know, too low of estrogen for you. And so we want to maybe start using a little bit of estrogen replacement now before we gain 20 pounds and are hot flashing and have a dry vagina and have no sex drive. And, you know, so you want to stay on top of it. Women are absolutely terrible for sucking it up. We will take on more and more and more discomforts before we'll actually go and do something about it. And I'm always preaching to women that they do not have to suffer. And if you've got these little nagly symptoms starting to creep up, whether that's a little bit of weight gain, heavier periods, breast tenderness, you know, whatever it is that's hormonal that's happening to you, know that you don't have to put up with that, that there is a solution. You just have to figure out, you got to work with somebody that understands that and understands that as these hormones start to drop, the entire body is starts to get affected by that. And so we want to be on top of it. And for a lot of women that is starting hormone replacement therapy in their 40s and catching it on time before all of those really horrible symptoms start to come up. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love the idea of just being like proactive about it. Yes. And educating up with it. Yeah. <laughs> and educate, <laughs> yeah. Educating yourself about it and just being aware. So, you know, maybe you are starting these things in your early forties and then you go through menopause and you're already well-educated. You already know what's going on. Like, so there's less of, oh shit, this is happening. Oh, now I feel like this, or this is a surprise. I'm overwhelmed. And more of a, oh, I've actually been preparing for this for the last five years type of idea. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, I definitely think like that would be the pr- approach that I would take just as somebody who is, tries to be as proactive about my health as possible. The other thing that you talk a lot about, which I think is really interesting is belly fat. And this is so like controversial almost. I'm I'm curious what your take is on this because there is a lot of evidence that shows that where fat deposits on your body correlates to different health issues. And it's not just about 
overindulgence and not enough exercise. Like oftentimes weight gain is like you were saying earlier, is hormonal or can be trauma induced, or there's other things that are going on that is actually causing that weight to kind of stick to you in those certain areas. So with belly fat specifically, how does this relate to women's hormones and women's health? Yeah. So we see that women that go into menopause, that's one of the number one symptoms that we hear about is waking in the stomach. And it's like, it all just sits right in your belly and it's terrible. I mean, I had it happen to myself. It was like, I felt like I gained 10 pounds just on my stomach. And this is for multiple different reasons, but mainly because of the drop of estradiol. Because estradiol, as I said before, is really important for blood sugar sensitivity. And insulin resistance, that's actually where when you see somebody that's type 2 diabetic or they're insulin resistant, metabolic disease, we'll typically see that they carry a lot of their weight in their stomach. And this visceral fat. And so the loss of estradiol makes us more insulin resistant, can make, give, make us prone to type 2 diabetes. And so we'll see a lot of the weight gain happening in the same spot because of it. The other thing is, now th- there isn't research behind this. <laughs> this is my own theory, but we can make an estrogen out of fat tissue. And I think our body is really smart. And I think as we start to lose ovarian function and we start to lose estradiol, which, as I said before, is like the most important hormone for our health as women, it's really important for brain function, helps us to you know ward off dementia and Alzheimer's. It's also super important for bones, for muscle tissue, for heart function. It is so important for every aspect of our health, that when we start to lose it, I think our body's like, I'm going to put some fat on this girl (laughs) because I need to get my estrogen from somewhere. And it can produce an estrogen called estrone out of fat tissue. And so we we gain weight and then your body can make more estrone, which then can convert to estradiol and give us a little bit of that missing estrogen that our body so badly needs. Now, like I said, just my theory, I don't know if it's true because there isn't a lot of information about it, but um, I definitely think that there's an aspect to that. And so we can start to develop even things like fatty liver disease, our cholesterol can start going up. So all the metabolic issues can start to happen from that loss of estrogen. And then we start to gain visceral fat because of it. Are you tired of generic health advice that doesn't take your unique needs into account? Do you want to gain a deeper understanding of your health beyond the surface level recommendations? I want to talk to you about Inside Tracker's ultimate plan, the answer to your personalized health questions. With comprehensive blood biomarker analysis, it provides tailored insights into your body's needs. The ultimate plan tests up to 48 different blood biomarkers, including ApoB, cholesterol, glucose, magnesium, cortisol, vitamin D, and insulin. This comprehensive analysis extends your lifespan or health span and guides you to a longer and healthier life. Inside Tracker goes beyond generic clinically normal ranges to unveil your body's unique optimal biomarker zones, revealing where you're optimized and where your improvements can be made. They have science back recommendations on nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle, and are all personalized to your body's data, helping you reach optimal biomarker zones and achieve your wellness goals. Now with insulin testing included, you'll have the key to sustained energy and an early warning system for chronic diseases. This is actually really important. High insulin levels can increase the risk of conditions like heart disease, Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, obesity, and more. Inside Tracker's measurements and recommendations can help you maintain healthy insulin levels. So are you ready to control your health in a new and personalized way? This is the test that I do every few months and I am obsessed with it. And I change my healthy habits and my nutrition and my supplements based off of this data. You can go to insidetracker.com slash biohacking with Brittany and you will get 20% off. You can use my discount code biohacking Brittany. It's linked on my website and linked in the show notes. So definitely check that out if you want to do an at home blood 
biomarker test that looks at over 48 different biomarkers for you so that you can start optimizing your health today. That's so interesting. That's such a, yeah, an interesting way to think about it in terms of like giving us our estrogen that we need by having a fat supply. And honestly, it, it makes sense. It, it, it does make sense, especially for people who are overstressed and like, like you said, like exercise so much over diet, but there's still that stubborn belly pouch or whatever they call it. And it's like, okay, but why, like, why is that happening there? And maybe what other approaches or methods can we take than what you're doing right now that can actually be effective in maybe getting rid of it or making it smaller. I don't know, whatever you want to say. I, I just think that's, yeah, it's such an interesting take. I'm curious what you think about using saunas for something like this. Like I really like thinking about saunas as a way for like detoxing, uh, balancing hormones, but I also really like saunas for weight loss. And I also really like saunas for a parasympathetic way of sweating, which is a very hard thing to do. Like most of the time when we sweat, we are in a sympathetic state. So we're lifting weights, we're running, we're at the spin studio, whatever. But in order in a sauna, you are in a parasympathetic state, but you're still sweating. And that's personally why I love it so much. So how do you think like a sauna, something like that could help maybe with this belly fat issue? Yeah, I think the more toxic toxins we are carrying in our system, the harder perimenopause and menopause will be. And so sauna is one of the best ways to get rid of toxins, things like heavy metals. We're all toxic with heavy metals. Heavy metals will sit on your hormone receptors and block your hormones from being used. So getting rid of them through sauna, I think is fantastic. And so, and then it's great for your mitochondria too, which gives you energy. So I think, yeah, I I'm a full support and in full support of using saunas for detoxification and for hormonal health for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's just like thinking about things a little differently, right? Like let's, let's be nicer to our bodies and let's go sit in a warm environment and, and maybe meditate or stretch while we're in there compared to let me go on the cardio machines at the gym for an hour and push myself. You know what I mean? And like, I get it. Like there's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, cold plunge. I'm going to fast for days on end. I'm going to do 36 hour fast, a five day fast, because that's what we're being told out there in social media. It's like, do all of these things for your body. It's so good. And so here's all your biohacking things that you need to be doing. And when we are going through this phase and our hormones are super sensitive and we're losing them and you don't want to stress your body out more than it's already stressed out. And so give being kind to it, you know, prioritizing, you know, nutrient dense foods, eating, just eating in general, you know, you don't want to eat bad foods, but you want to eat nutrient dense foods that feed the system, not taking away from it. So I think intermittent fasting is definitely something we should be doing in perimenopause and menopause, but I don't encourage women to overdo it. And I don't want them to eat one meal a day or do five-day water fast every month. That tends to be too much for the system when your hormones are dropping like this, because you're just telling your body then that there's more stress around and that you're in a famine. So what's that going to do? It's going to drop your hormones even faster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You really have to take these biohacks and make them unique to you. And you, and I talk about this a lot is like, if you see somebody online or hear somebody on a podcast doing a cold plunge every day for five minutes and intermittent fasting, like think about who that person is. Is it a 50 year old dude who's at home, who's, you know what I mean? Who has the same hormonal cycle every 24 hours. Like it's not the same for women. It's just not, no matter what age you are for a woman, even if you're in your twenties, even if you're, you know, post-menopausal, which sometimes you can get away with like fasting more than women in their fertile years. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it still can be too much and you have to take it with a grain of salt. And honestly, those guys who do that, 
I really wish there would be more of a disclaimer that said like, this works for me, but this is probably not the best for women to do every single day, you know, because like I did so much of that and I burnt myself out and I had to teach myself, okay, let me biohack in moderation and let me do biohacking in the female way so that I can benefit and not screw up my hormones further. Yes, exactly. You want to know what your hormones are doing and then you want to choose the proper biohacks to go with what's happening to your system. So if you're, you know, if you've got everything in check and you're thriving and great, do some cold plunging. Awesome. But if you're losing your hormones and your adrenal burnout and you got thyroid problems, which majority of us women have in midlife, then doing that kind of thing is only going to harm you. We always have to remember that the only purpose to women on earth is to procreate, whether you want to or not. It doesn't matter. That's why we're here. And so everything in your system is constantly in this, you know, check of can we get pregnant right now or not? Should we get pregnant or not? Because if you're doing all these stressful things, you're telling your body, don't get pregnant right now because there's a lot of stress around. Let's lower the hormones so that you don't get pregnant. Everything runs on that, whether you like it or not. Exactly. I love that. So if people want to work with you or learn more about the work that you do, how can they connect with you and where can they find you? Um, the best place for information is my my podcast, which is the Hormone Solution Podcast. We've got almost 300 episodes now. It's a million downloads. It's doing really well. So there's so much information about hormones on there. And you can find me at karenmartel.com. We've got group coaching programs. We've got private coaching programs. We have weight loss programs, kind of a little bit of everything, all with that base of, you know, addressing hormones, basically. And then Karen Martel Hormones on social media. Amazing. That's awesome. I will link all of that on my website and in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was awesome. And I know my listeners definitely got a lot out of it. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.